conversation with President probably at the beginning of the week, and it kind of rocked my world. And I think I've been rocked since, well, last Sunday, okay? And I haven't come out of that place since last Sunday, but because God's been constantly showing me things, and as he's been showing me things, it's just been, you know, moving me in a way to whereby I'm truly paying attention to the things in which that are going on, but also being in that position to whereby I understand that I have to stand up and stop being picked on and allowing myself to be picked on by the enemy. And so when I say picked on, you know, um, and I don't know if any of you guys go through this, but I, I just really need to share in order to get you guys to a place of understanding. You know, uh, you know, I know God speaks to me. Not only is it that I know God speaks to me, I know the revelation that I get only comes from God and is not coming from me because of the insight that I have. I know I would never find the insight uh, that I have without really surrendering and getting into that place where I can readily hear the voice of the Lord. And so as I was preparing myself for this particular message, I was talking to the Lord with the intent of understanding what I am contending with, and I can't even necessarily say what I am contending with, what we are contending with, we really have to get to that place and really begin to die to our flesh and get into that place where the Holy Spirit is allowed to flow through us. And as I begin to look at the particular scripture, you know, uh, Paul is speaking to the uh, group and he's trying to get the group to understand how to stand. And we've heard many times over and over how to stand, but a lot of times we forget. And so I, I know the call is being recorded and I can hear somebody that's not on mute if that person can, because I want to make sure that I get what I need to get on this and so that it can be sent out if need be. So whoever's in the background, can you guys, uh, uh, whoever's controlling the call, can you make sure the call is muted so that the recording can be clear? Thank you. And so over a course of years, and so I'm giving you guys history, you know, over the course of, year, of years, I recognized that God gave me something and I was standing up strong in what he gave me. But then I recognized that every single time I was corrected here or I corrected there, wherever I was corrected, I made adjustments. And to it became something that I just began to make adjustments. And the adjustment was not Christ-driven. They were adjustments that I was making in my walk with Christ to please others. And even to the point I can say, you know, there was one adjustment 
that, you know, I'll never forget. And some of you guys probably understand because I was walking through stuff and it was like your tone, the way you say things, you know, it's sometimes so harsh. And so I made that adjustment. Then something else came up. I made another adjustment and I just found myself throughout my walk constantly adjusting, but not adjusting according to the spirit, but adjusting according to the words that man would share with me regarding myself. And then I found myself in that position to where the more I made adjustments, the more I condemned myself and the more I began to persecute myself because I wanted to please men. And as I began to move into these places of adjustment, I lost my voice. So the things that I readily would hear, even some of the things that I would love, God would speak to me, I wouldn't speak because of the adjustments that I made within me. I would have conversations as I'm listening to people, to myself, and even though I may know that I was supposed to say something to somebody, I wouldn't say it. I say it under my breath. You know, like, uh-huh, da 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 But I would never say it out loud because of the desire to stay in relationship with the person more than the desire to please God. Okay? So God has made me aware of my adjustments lately. And he's made me so aware of my adjustments that he's now making me look at myself with the hope that I can stop adjusting and not only stop adjusting, but that my voice would be what he called it to be. Stopping for a moment just to make sure you guys understand what I'm saying. Can somebody unmute me for a second just to make sure you guys get it? Hello. Are you guys there? Yeah, I get it. Okay. I get it, Pastor. Okay. But he then took me to Kiki, I sent you something via text. And if you can open that up and he showed me the seven steps. He told me to look up a boxer. And he told me to look up what a boxer goes through to prepare himself for battle. Or rather, what a boxer, he said, look up what a boxer does to prepare himself for a fight. So can we read the seven steps that a boxer, just the titles first of the seven steps that a boxer does to prepare himself for a fight? So step one says, learn from the best. Step two says, train like there's no tomorrow. Step three, master your technique. Step four, analyze yourself. Step five, 
know your opponent. Step six, maintain a healthy diet. And step seven, get good rest. Wow. And as I began to look at that, I was like, Lord, wait a minute. What you just said to me is spiritual. Because if you go back and you look at it, learn from the best. Who are we learning from? You guys, who are we learning from? Christ. Okay. The second one says, train like you never trained. Uh, train like there's no tomorrow. What does that mean, you guys? Lay our life down for the Lord. <laughs> yes. And then it says, master your technique. What does that mean, you guys? Prayer. Don't you guys get it? How are you going to master it? Through prayer. Okay? And then it says, analyze yourself. What does that mean, you guys? He said, pay attention to what comes at you, how you respond to things. Begin to pay attention to the patterns that go forward. And so when you analyze it, you analyze and how the enemy comes at you and how do you respond to the things that he brings your direction. And then what did it say? Know your opponent. Who's your opponent? Hmm. Did you guys get that? Mm-hmm. And then maintain a healthy diet. Y'all all know, everybody know that one, right? Read your word. Okay. Got it? Mm-hmm. And then get rest. That means rest in him. So did you guys get it? Because he said, I want you to look at what a boxer goes through to prepare himself for a fight each time. And then as I began to look at it, he says, he said, you enter the ring each day already beaten. He says, some of you even wake up already defeated. And then he says, others don't even show up. And then he even showed me like, sometimes we get in the ring and then we, we're running out of the ring before the fight even starts. And then he says to me, that's why the enemy continues to come after you. He said, do not you see that you're more than conquerors? 
He said, do not you see that you are mighty in me? He said, the enemy runs when you stand. He said, do not you see. He said, how I have created you to be. But then he began to talk to me about my adjustments and my alterations. I don't know if you guys, one of them people like me, you know, when I first start putting things together, you know, I'm not that greatest person to put things together. If it's something simple, I can put it together. But if it's something difficult, and I'll never forget, you know, helping somebody put a bike together, why did we have extra parts? after we put the bike together. You understand? <laughs> a lot of times when I would put things together, I would always end up with extra parts. And the Lord was showing me in situations such as that, it's like, even though I have the instruction, I'll start off in the beginning counting every piece. And you know how you just separate it and you just lay it all out and you put it there? But then as I'm into the project, I get tired. And then I say, this looks like it goes here. Oh, that's it. Okay, screw that in. This looks like that goes there. Oh, that's it. Then I'll screw that in. And then by the time I'm finished, I'm no longer looking at the instructions. I'm really trying to wing it. And as I'm winging it, you know, I put together whatever it is and I have extra parts. And so what the Lord was showing me that a lot of times we deviate from the manual and we try to wing it. You guys get that? And the enemy knows we deviate from the manual and, and he knows we're going to try to wing it. So he knows, be ready, she's about to set that manual down. And when she set that manual down, it's like you could come at her full force. But she ain't going to remember anything she was taught. She's going to forget she's a conqueror. She's going to forget she's mighty in her Lord. She's going to forget if she stands in me, we got to go. If she stands in her Lord, we got to go. Isn't that us? We can't even remember that God blessed us in some things. Sometimes we're crying to the Lord and saying, Lord, you're not even, you haven't done anything for us. 
<laughs> Do I need to repeat any of that? I'm going to pause and make sure you guys got it. Guys, can so you get what he's telling us. Did somebody say repeat that? Yes, Regina, I, you blanked out. So he was literally saying to me, <laughs> and I'll say it again, as simple as, I even forget the thought that he blessed me. I forget the thought that he takes care of me. And when the enemy comes after me, I even forget that the enemy has no power or authority over me. I allow fear to come in. Rage, anger, and everything else to come and dwell with me because I'm not trusting that my Lord can get me through it. I constantly second guess myself. And I forget that I've taken on his characters and not my own. And the Holy Spirit just says, hear me. And I hope that you guys are not like me, putting together things and you're no longer looking at the instruction manual. You're winging it, assuming because you're winging it that you have all the knowledge and we don't have all the knowledge. We don't have everything. And so it's so important that we continue to lean toward our manual. And that's the word of God. To ensure that his words go forward in us. And so... When he was looking, showing me step technique uh, number three is master your techniques. And that means we got to readily continue to do something until it becomes something that's an everyday thing. Even if you hear something, if something really, really moved you in the word, Continue to take it in and God will begin to unfold that word even more so to you so that you have all that you need to be equipped with when it comes to that particular subject matter. But we hear the message one time and and, and it was good and we ate so much from it, but then we don't go back and really look at it in order to take everything that is needed in order for you to grow in that area. And the Spirit of the Lord just showed me. So 
somebody eating really quick. And when you when you're rushing to eat, you can't take it in. You can't even remember, you know, what everything tastes like. But when you take your time, you're able to take in everything. And that's what God is trying to get us to understand. When we're nourishing ourselves, we're supposed to take our time. We're supposed to meditate. We're supposed to really begin to look at it until we fully digest it. So 2 Corinthians 10, 1. Precious. Okay, let me go to it. Um, right now. So I'm reading from the NIV version, um, verse one, by the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you in a way. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. Let me stop right there. What did he say? Live by the standards of this world. But if you go back and you really understand, what is he really saying when he's opening up in this particular scripture? Why did he talk about being bold and timid? And why did he have to change how he was presenting something to them in order for them to understand what he was saying? Why is it that sometimes God changes the way he presents things to us? To get our attention? To understand it. Say that again. I had just said to get our attention. Exactly. He said to me to say to you guys to set off an alarm on the inside of you. He said to cause what I put in you to rise up. He said to create also a hunger in you. He said to create a hunger in you that I can continue to feed you. He says sometimes he creates a hunger in us that requires that there's no rest until you get it. He said, hear me, hear me. 
Jesus, I'm pushing you up and out. It's like he's pushing us up and out. And I see a woman giving birth and 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 there's some hard pains coming through and God is literally pushing us and out, meaning that that there's been some hard things we have to go through, but God is pushing us up and out of us. You guys hear this? Top quality faith ministry. What is the most offensive thing, uh, word that's in that, uh, in, in the name? Quality. Do you guys get it? Yes. And as the Holy Spirit was showing me, he said, number one, enemy hates the name itself. He said, so therefore, everyone that's connected to the name, his goal is to seek to destroy it. Wow. But the Lord showed me that he's been doing a good job in destroying it. And he said, because of the ones who I kept refuse to stand. Because every time it becomes difficult for us, we want to run. Every time it becomes difficult, we hide. Every time it doesn't look like what we want, we look at it and say, okay, maybe this is really not what God has for me. Instead of recognizing that because of who we are, we're going to have to go through a little bit more because we don't know what's coming to us. And if we're going to receive those who are broken, we have to understand how to help them through where they've been broken. Oh, Jesus. But as God is bringing us through by giving us understanding of some of these places, we're we're carrying out and giving up because we don't see that this is to benefit somebody else. We're looking at ourselves, and the Lord says, you're crying out more than you realize I have you. Then he says, and I have not allowed nothing to harm you. 
He said, but I need to get something in you in order to get them to come out of the places in where they're resting. And he says to me to say to you guys, this never been about you. Did you hear me? This never been about me. So all the alterations, all the fixing, all the stuff that's been going on on the inside of me, it's never been about me. I shouldn't be adjusting. Because God didn't tell me to adjust. He gave me wisdom on how to say something differently, but he never said adjust you. He never said to me, do what's necessary to please the people. So I became a pleaser of man and not a pleaser of Christ. So when the enemy came in my way, what I'm going to try to do something to make sure that he's comfortable, and that's what I've been allowing the enemy to be comfortable rather than kicking him out like I used to. Because the last thing I want to do is tell somebody about what I see, because if I say what I see according to what the Spirit has shown me, then I'm going to lose that person. That was never mine. Because I own nothing. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, hear me and understand the words in which I am speaking. So Paul is in the beginning of this particular passage really, really trying to stress to the people that however this comes across is still strong enough to be received. So whether he speaks it in a gentle way or he's using force in his word to get the people to understand they still got to get it. And that's what the Lord is saying to us. We've got to get it. And Paul goes on to say, what about the world? Precious? Yes. What did he, Paul, says about the world? Um, I'll just read verse 2. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. And so he wanted to deal with how they think the people live by, right? The standards of this world. Have we been living by the standards of this world? I have. Oh, yeah. I have. I have. I don't know about you guys. And, 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 and 
I even been speaking defeat on myself because that's the standard of this world. They feel broken. They feel defeated. They feel like God doesn't exist. They feel like God is not alive. All the things that the world says, I've been speaking and I've been living by it. I sat across with somebody at a table on, what was that, Wednesday, and as I sat across the table, the person was telling me all the things that was wrong if a person got the vac uh, vaccinated. And they were telling me all the things that was going to possibly happen to the saints that basically went down this road, and then the Holy Spirit was saying to me, I don't care. What's in that medicine, it will never stop me from doing what I need to do. But as I was listening to the individual, I mean, I was moved. I was being rocked on the inside. And the Holy Spirit had to say to me, be still. And the woman went on to say, this person... This person, you know, ends up dying. This person has issues in their lungs. This had this and this had that. And it was just a world of a whole bunch of stuff that was coming that I was sitting across the table that I couldn't even eat my food anymore. I mean, it turned my stomach to where I couldn't eat. And the Holy Spirit had to literally say to my spirit, peace be still. And then he said to me, rise up and stand for truth. And he says, stop allowing everything that the world presents penetrate what I placed on the inside of you. And then he says, and adjust yourself no more. And then he said, if you're not bold, if you're not strong, then I can't send you. And then he went on to say, I call you because of what I put on the inside of you. And then he says, and what you have in you is what I need to bring them out. And so even the wrong things, you guys, that we've been trying to adjust, he needs that. And 
and I just hear him saying, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Precious, can you read a little bit more? Okay. So verse three, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with. Though we live in the world, but we do not wage war as the world does. So we've been waging war like the world. And the way the world wage war is they got something to say about something, right? Everything. They ain't trying to tear nothing down, but they got something to say about everything. And what the world is good at creating is fear. Well, and he said in division. And he says that what you're good at creating is peace. Wow. And inclusion. just stopping there he said allow them to hear it but better yet he says allow you to see yourself do you guys see yourself because I know I see me Anybody want to share? Anybody see themselves? Anybody see what's been happening to them? Hi, this is Regina. Yes, uh, you're talking about the adjustment. Uh, people are so free to tell you what they don't like about you, and you keep trying to change to suit them, and then you feel like you, a puppet. You 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 lose your voice. You don't. You know, like I I have the old telephone ring on my phone, and we don't like that ringtone. Well, I do. 
I'm supposed to change my ringtone because you don't like it? You know, why you pray like that? You pray too much. You pray too much. Okay, how do you want me to pray? I just start going to asking what you want me to do. Instead of just doing it the way God gave me, it's just like, I don't want to argue. I don't want to hear it. What do you want? How would you want me? But now I'm getting to the point where I don't care. I'm going to do it the way he gives me to Anyone else? I mean, I don't know if it's all, but um, a lot of times, um, just to make people happy, I'll do what they what they want because I don't want to be no argument. And I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm confused because I'm trying to make peace, and then I think that while well, I'm doing right, I'm making peace. I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna not start anything because I want everybody to be happy and just get along. And I don't think that that's what the Lord wants. I think he wants us to to speak up when things are not right, not just to make them happy, just let them do it, or or just not to cause argument, not to let them change what you believe or you think. You know, you, you need to stand up for what we believe and what we really think, no matter if they're happy or they're not happy. All of them are great examples. Precious, what about you? I'm still processing just like you as well. <laughs> as far as, you know, for those who were either at church on Sunday or heard the message, you know, looking at areas within me where, you know, there's open doors and asking God to help, you know, walk me through those places. But in that, seeing that, yeah, I am someone who does like to bring forth peace in the workplace, bring forth peace and unity as far as um, teamwork, um, as far as working with other teachers. So that's where I'm at right now. But what about in your personal life? Are you in that place where that same balance comes about? To be honest, no. <laughs> In my personal life, I I never know what's going to happen next. And it, if I can liken it to like a roller coaster, some days it's up and some days it's loop-de-loops. And some days it is at a flat level plane and just cruising. But I, I would say more than anything, I'm at the place now where instead of me reacting in my carnal fleshly likeness, I'm, I'm more so choosing to just stay in God's peace and rest and allow him to keep moving me forward. I don't know if you guys noticed, but your biggest battle is sometimes your family. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> and if I could share one thing that the Lord put on my heart to share right now, um, that's been helping me in this message too. The Lord was highlighting to me specifically my my quick desire to give up when I feel like I am failing or not doing something right, or I'm just trying to do things right and it's just not working out. And so in those places, I'm so quick to give up and, and I just allow the enemy in at that point. And so um, the Lord literally was telling me just before Bible study, he was talking to me about that desire to be perfect and he was saying, he just simply said, like, daughter, nobody is perfect. You would never be perfect. So it's like, in, in that sense, he was saying, and he said, nobody benefits from anybody who's perfect. And so when you were saying that now, the Lord brought that back to my remembrance. And then he told me, he said, he reminded me of a testimony that I've heard. And that person's testimony literally was them walking through mistake after mistake after mistake. And then in the end, the Lord brought everything together. <laughs> and so when the Lord brought that testimony back to my mind, all I could do was just, it just grew my faith. Because in this place, I'm like, okay, Lord, all, all I'm doing is making a mistake after mistake. I'm giving up. And then he brought that to my mind. And I'm like, wait a minute okay, you did it for this person and all their mistakes. You brought it together in the end, not because this person did anything right, but because you were perfect in the midst of their mess. And so, oh my God, Lord, I can trust you in the midst of this place. I have no idea where I'm going. And so the Lord was just encouraging me like, daughter, all of your imperfections, I'm going to use them in the same way to bless other people. So stop trying to be perfect and just be who you are and allow me to bring you into every place I desire you to be. Uh-huh. When I begin to focus on mistakes, I literally look at King David. And I'm constantly reminded of the love David had for our Lord, which in return shows me the love Christ had for him. And I don't know if any of you guys recently walked through some of the stories, but, you know, not being that great father not being that great husband, not being that great leader, and a host of other things that David had to walk through, even to the point to whereby I love the end of his life, you know, bringing a woman in there, and they couldn't tell whether or not he was alive or not, but they put a woman in the bed with him because they knew his character. And truly looking at this king, he still felt so much favor in the sight of his Lord. Lord wasn't looking at his shortfall. He was focused on the relationship his son had with him. 
And a lot of times we're focused on our shortfall and not the relationship. Remember how the Holy Spirit showed me that I'm putting that right together and I have all of these extra parts. When you're focused on your shortfall, you forgot the extra part. And that is he died for our sin. Past, present, and future. And he's never come to any of us and said, oh no, oh no. I didn't die for that one. Go back to the scripture a little bit further. Okay, verse four. Sorry, it was muting me. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Did you guys get that? So everything that we've been contending with, he's telling you, you have the power to demolish it. Somebody want to get the definition of a stronghold? Well, we learned here in Bible study, which we probably can look it up in the, in the Hebrew Greek, but we learned in Bible study a couple of times back from Prophet Andre is ultimately like a fortified city prepared for battle. Sometimes Prophet is sneakily on the line, and I don't know if he <laughs> on the line today. I don't know who else is anybody else joined. No, he's not on. The definition that I see is taken from the verse of Psalms nine nine that a stronghold is a defensive structure. Well, I see that too. And then it just goes on. Oh, do you want me to keep going? Uh Uh-huh. It just says a, a stronghold is a defense, a defensive structure, and then taken out of verse of Psalms nine nine, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble, um, a cliff or of other lofty, um, figuratively a refuge, defense, high fort, tower, a place of refuge. Thank you. 
And so I looked it up a little bit further. It said, what is that one weakness, bad habit, rotten attitude, okay, where the devil have a stronghold on you? So it, it has to do with, you know, the areas in which you're weak. And so, Takia, you gave a perfect example of your weakness. Your weakness uh, is you don't like to fail. And so in that area, when we're in Christ, Christ wants us to fail because in that place of failure, we're crying out to him. So it's not a weakness. It's, it's a strength. So in this particular area, you have it backwards. And so that takes you back to what he was telling us when he was talking about the fighter and the fighter basically really understanding. Remember how I said, analyze yourself? Mm -hmm. That was step number four. And so in that place where you say, every time I'm selling, I want to run. Every time you fell in, God says, ah, I got you. So I got to see it his way and not my way. And, and, and when we're falling short in the Lord, it is considered to be a place of growth. But the world sees it as, as negative. And if you really look at the beginning of this scripture, it talked about taking on the world's way of looking at things. So sounds like we got some things that we're dealing with and we're looking at it from the wrong viewpoint. Do you guys see that? Wow. Yeah. I said, wow, thank you, Jesus. Hey, Pastor, this is Brandon. Hey, I got a better definition, uh, another one, and it says anything that which one relies on. Uh. Well, I love that one. Wow. Uh. So we're relying on that more than we're relying on Christ. Uh. Wow. Great, Brandon. <laughs> Even self-reliance. Okay, Precious, going back to you. I think we're coming to the end. Okay. Keep reading. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Okay, so verse five. Got to go back we to that one again. Uh huh. Because there was a lot in that. Go to first four or five. I think four, because it was a lot. I know it was a lot. Yes. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Perfect. We demolish. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. 
We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we take captive. So first of all, we demolish it. And what does that mean? When you demolish something, what are you doing? You break it down to its smallest. (laughs) You got to keep beating it down. And, And to beat something down is to look at it, right? And so if we were to look at it, okay, if we go back to which one of these that you spoke on, step what, which one is that, uh, Takiya, step what? If we're demolishing something, what step does that fall in? Hmm. Master your technique? Exactly. Step three. And so if we're not looking at it and really understanding what really going on, then we haven't mastered it. Mm. It, it. It becomes a stronghold and it's mastering us. And so Brandon, what was that one again? Say what you said again. Brandon? Yeah, it's, uh, sorry, hold on, let me find that again, sorry, give me a minute. Uh, Anything on which one relies on. So what are we relying on? There's actually a scripture that says the ways of the Lord are a stronghold to those who, tr- who basically trust in him, too. There's there's also that. Thanks to Proverbs or, or uh, Psalms. Did it, did it provide the scripture so you can read it? Yeah, I wrote it down somewhere. It's uh, Proverbs ten twenty nine. It says the ways of the Lord, the way of the Lord, is a stronghold to the upright, but it is a ruin to those who do evil. So God even wants us to be able to break that down, and to really understand. That when it's done his way, he said, we're at peace within. Okay, Precious, back to you again. Precious? 
Did we lose her? Hello, precious. Is she still on the line, somebody? She's still there, but uh, whether or not we can't hear you, precious. Maybe she stepped away with the kids or something. Probably a phone issue more than that. Oh, there she goes. She's popping back in. Now we can hear you. No, it. I didn't even know. Hello. She's gone again. Healthy. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. <laughs> hey, Louise, what is going on? Would you like me to continue to go, keep going? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Verse five again. We demolish arguments and every pretentious thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. He said, go back to arguments. Have you ever noticed you have conversations in your mind having arguments? Yes. Mm-hmm. He said, think Could of we the even last... In... Mm-hmm. You have. I was just going to say, if we wanted to insert another word, even just battles in the mind, you know. Exactly. Hold on here, guys. Hold on, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. Hit the on huh? Oh my God. He began to show me like casting something down. He said, but if you continue to raise something up, it becomes what governs you. Did you guys get that? Yep. Mm -hmm. So if I constantly say, gosh, you know, God, I'm done. God, I'm done. Then it becomes what governs me. 
Oh, I just got it. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Explain that in your way. <laughs> me? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Lord just showed me like, okay, hope you guys get it. The Lord just showed me what you just said, like, God, I'm done. Or, you know, ah, I'll never get this right. You know, it starts off small like a pebble or even like a grain of sand. But then over time, it becomes a pebble. Then over time, it becomes a rock. And then over time, it becomes a boulder until it becomes a statue. And it just gets bigger and bigger until you're like, wait a minute, where did this come from? But you don't even realize over time the magnitude of this thing. And Mm -hmm. so going back Mm -hmm. to the beginning of verse five, that's when you think, what? Oh, sorry. I was just saying that that's when you need to go back to the beginning of verse five, where you need to start demolishing it, which is then breaking it down more and more. And you break it down by using God's word and speaking the truth. That's what I just The Lord just remind me, remember how the Israelite went into certain places and the first thing he said, uh, do away with all foreign gods because he didn't want it to govern his people. Mm-hmm. And so what we're finding is that these foreign things begin to govern us. He said, he began to say, we're taking words and we're taking it out of its spiritual context and we're using it in the worldly context to work against us. But what it was intended to do, we reversed the order, causing it to work against us instead of for us. You guys understood that analogy, right? Can you give an example? And did you say oh. words? We take words? We take words. Oh, okay. And and the intent of its true meaning, how it's supposed to work for us. Because we're not paying attention to how we're utilizing it. Okay, because remember, we're still in to which part of the battle or the fight? Uh, as a boxer, Takia, what was that again? Uh, we are, yeah, number three. What was <clears throat> that again? Master your technique. So because we don't understand how to utilize words to cause it to have the right effect in our lives, when we reverse the order, it still affects us when God wants us to use it his way to affect us for good. Was that a better way of saying it, Precious? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know how I Sometimes I say words and you guys correct me and you're like, nah, that's not the meaning of this or whatever the whatever. And you guys used to laugh or whatever the case may be. But, you know, it was, it was how I said it. 
But the Lord is using something like that and saying how you say things affects you. Mm -hmm. Or even just those negative things you hold within your heart. Correct. Because it's not always verbal. Sometimes you could even think it, then it goes down and registers in your heart. Exactly. But I love how it talks about casting down imagination. So even in how we use words, we get a hold of it if we envision it to be something other than what it is. <laughs> oh my God. He said, the power I've given you, you in return give it power to work against you. Oh, my God. And then he goes on to say to me, and because the power I've given you is great, think about the destruction that you're creating in your life as a result of your mishandling of my power. I don't know why he said this to me. He said, I'm going to set the enemy on fire. And then all of a sudden I get scared. And then I'm like, but he going to come after me. Do you hear me? But he going to come after me. And in that place where I believe he has more power over me, I just reverse the order. He said, but you failed to understand. Even when he comes after you, what I allowed is for your growth. Did you guys get that one? Yes. I'm trying to. Josie, as simple as you were saying along the line, I'm always trying to just keep the peace or whatever. And sometimes in the midst of you trying to keep peace, things go haywire, and God says he allows it for your growth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Because then you're like, well, why am I falling apart? I did this, and then you just like, I'm just going to give them to prayer. Do you get it? <laughs> so he literally puts you into that place where you recognize you can't do nothing. You're like, I'm just going to give it to prayer. <laughs> hey, that's true, amen. That's true. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's literally trying to tell you, you are not the peacemaker. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Makes sense? <laughs> yes, lots of sense. Because no matter how you're going to argue with them, they're just not going to listen. You just really have to give it to God. Exactly. <laughs> but you have to recognize that. Do you hear me? You've got to recognize and Stop trying to cause order to come into existence without his, without him bringing it forward. Yes. I just okay. want everybody to get along. He already told us that we're not going to get along. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's all I want, but I know what you're saying now. And I know <laughs> yeah. what that makes yeah. sense. Yes. Precious where we're at. I don't know where in the world. You okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing. Um, I'm laughing and I'm choking at the same time. <laughs> okay, let's not do that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> verse six. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So which one is that one, Takia? So once our obedience is complete, what let me? Which one are we on? What step is that? Uh, maybe step four, analyzing yourself. Uh, I think it's analyzing yourself and there's one other. Putting things knowing, into your uh, knowing your opponent. That's when, because when you know your opponent, then you put things into practice. So you know, uh, if I do this, this is how the enemy is going to move. If I do this, this is how he's going to move. Because he doesn't do anything new, you guys. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything new. You guys want some pandusa? A concha. <laughs> You guys get that, right? It's so true. uh If you stop and pay attention to the pattern, you'll see it. He knows how to get a a rock to be around. He knows how to, you know, because if you look at you know, you like already know this person gonna get upset over this. I know this person gonna get upset over that. He don't do nothing new. Mm-hmm. So, so if you recognize he don't do nothing new, so it's easy for you to tear down these strongholds. And I love this because it's like as you're sharing that the tearing down of the strongholds, the Lord is taking you back to what you said earlier. How it is, then the Lord is saying like. It is, it is in our weakness that these strongholds are torn down because in that place, because the Holy Spirit reminded me of the scripture where Paul said, like, I'll rather boast in my weakness because in that place, then I'm made strong. Because in that place, not only is the stronghold being torn down in our lives when we're weak, but in our families' lives and the church lives and our neighbors' lives yeah, because know. we're relying on the Lord and in that place that because the Lord becomes our weapon of warfare and not our carnal strength, our carnal understanding, our carnal, you know, all these other ways of the world. But it's like the Lord becomes our power because we go to him in prayer. 
to go to him and whatever, you know, but we're going to the Lord. So I'm so encouraged. <laughs> yeah. But then you, you can hear how you reverse work. Because if you're paying attention, you can see the words that's been reversed against yourself. And you have to then say, I'm more than a conqueror. You got to start putting it back to work, where it should be and not where it has been. Amen. I will be understood by others. Mm-hmm. My words are valued. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know there's been people quiet on the line. Who's left on the line? Regina, you getting this? Yes. Okay, praise God. <laughs> Precious, you want to finish us off? Because I don't think I've got to go much further. Verse 7, you are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. Did you guys get that? So he's telling us that our what's going on is based on appearances. And so if we go back and look at which one is that one? When it comes to the fighter's manual, which one is that? Tikia? We're fighting based on appearances? Yeah. How did, which one did that fit into? Maybe analyze yourself or know your opponent. Four, step five. So I think if we analyze ourselves, possibly we're over here analyzing what we look like. I'm not sure. So appearance is uh, number five. No, I think it's know your opponent. So it appears like he's gaining ground, and he ain't. Mm -hmm. It appears that I'm defeated, and I'm not. Amen. Okay, I'm going to go ahead, Precious, a little bit further. Uh, If anyone, wait, let's see. If you are judging by appearances, if anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. Verse eight. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed of it. Did you guys get that? Boasting of authority, that the authority God's given us is to build us up. But I want you to read uh, Takiya step number five about know your opponent. It says, find out as much as you possibly can about your opponent. The better you know your opponent, the more you'll understand his mentality, style, and of course, weaknesses. This doesn't imply that you should stalk your opponent with an obsession, 
but rather get bits of information that are vital to your game plan. If you're just starting out either as an amateur or a professional boxer, a professional boxer, it, it'll be difficult finding video footage of your opponent. However, you should be able to get an idea of what your opponent looks like, whether from a picture or just description. Is he tall or short? Is he a brawler or boxer? Does he have slow or fast hand speed? Take advantage of what you know. Oh. Did I get that? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I love six too. Read six. Uh, six is maintain a healthy diet. It's tempting to go and grab a juicy burger after a strenuous training session. Maybe you feel that you deserve it, but you don't deserve anything until you win your fight. Maintaining a healthy diet that consists of white meat, chicken, or fish fruit and vegetables, more and more athletes are beginning to see the benefits of adopting a vegan-based diet, so perhaps you may also want to give it a try. Drink plenty of water to keep yourself hydrated and to flush out wasteful toxins in your body. Even when you're not training, you should drink at least 1.2 liters every day. Avoid fizzy drinks and alcohol like the plague. They will only cause you damage in the long term. You'll find that if you maintain a healthy diet, you'll improve your physical, mental, and emotional state much more faster. If you want an effective way to maintain a healthy diet, I highly recommend the 30-Day Fighter Diet Guide, which has helped amateur and pro fighters cut weight while increasing strength. You guys get that one too, right? So if you put it in a spiritual perspective, it's literally saying nourish yourself on the word. And sometimes we go get that, you know, burger. That burger is that quick book, you know, hey, let me read what Dr. So-and-so says instead of reading the true words. Because it's their experience. And sometimes other people's experience don't necessarily help yours. Mm-hmm. Fast food spiritual work <laughs> instead of digging exactly. through the water. <laughs> okay. I want to read if you can read analyze your opponent because I think that's important. Um, analyze yourself? Yeah, yeah, analyze yourself. Okay, that's step four. A supremely confident person is one who knows themselves. And in order to know yourself, you must constantly analyze your actions. When you're, uh, when you're shadow boxing, always look in the mirror. Watch your defense, foot movement, and technique. Don't try to change your style if it doesn't feel natural, but instead improve upon it. 
if you're sparring, try getting someone to film you. Then when you get back home, watch the footage over and over. What mistakes are you making? What bad habits are you picking up? Oh wait, what bad habits have you picked up? What can you improve on? Be honest and correct those mistakes immediately. The first step to self-improvement is acknowledging that you need improvement. You guys got that one too, right? And the last one, I think, train like there's no tomorrow. That is step number two. You only get, you can only get so far on natural talent alone. The rest of your journey is defined by how hard you train. The harder you work, the more confident you get. And you'll better believe that your opponent will be training just as hard as you, if not harder. One of the worst feelings is getting in the ring and tiring out after the first couple of rounds. That's you don't want I, that. <laughs> huh? I said, that's totally us. He hit us a couple of times. Okay, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Give me out this ring immediately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me go for it. Um, you don't want that to happen no matter how good you are. Work on your endurance as much as physically possible without overtraining. If you have to fight for three rounds, train for six rounds. It's natural to feel nervous and even fearful before a fight. But if the reason is because you know you haven't put in the time to train as hard as you could have, then you have nobody to blame but yourself. <laughs> that reminds me of me choosing to watch the TV or the Lord telling me to stop watching movies instead of reading the word for me. That was me today. You know, I love how he says something and makes it into something like, hey, look at this message. And I, I would never think that this actual thing would actually be beneficial spiritually. And so, let me listen to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I have shared out the word in accordance to what you have given to me. What is it that you ask of me now? I bless you guys. And I tell you guys what he's saying to me. He says, I have equipped each one of you for the battle to come. He said, understand that the enemy has nothing on you. He said, therefore, you are already victorious. 
is a stand strong and be unmovable and unshakable in all things. I am thy Lord and I am with you to the very end of time. Hear my words this day. Trust me in your flight. And know that I have you. Blessed the Lord. Be ye blessed, my children. Amen. 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 Wow. Okay. Well, I say good night, everybody. Thanks for a